Welcome to the Heme Consult Podcast, a weekly inspiration infusion for women of color and hematology. Dear woman of color and hematology, Heme Consults is your personal space to rest, recharge, and renew your spirit with a weekly infusion of inspiration from hematologist Dr. Toyasi Anwemena. Every Sunday, Dr. Anwemena will remind you that you are a superstar and have everything you need to succeed in your incredible career as a hematologist. Welcome to the Hematology Sisterhood that will transform your world. Welcome to the Heme Consult Podcast. I'm your host, J.S.C. Anwemena, hematologist, physician, scientist, coach extraordinaire, and more. Today's episode is titled, Be Your Own Woman. Be your own woman. <laughs> and I hear you saying, wait a minute, I am my own woman. And like, hmm, are you really? Are you your woman or are you somebody else's woman? Or are you a woman somebody else wants you to be? Mm, all right, we're going to talk about that a little bit more. But before I get started, I just want to say, oh, woman of color in hematology, that you are so beautiful. I feel like it's been a long time since I've told you, but can I just pause and say that you're beautiful and your beauty is skin deep for sure. You're gorgeous, but it's much, much deeper than that. It's beauty that comes from the very, very depths of you. It's beauty that is in the way you dream, is in the way you look at the world, is in the way you understand the world, and it's in the way that you work hard to make transformation happen in the world. You are beautiful. Your ideas are beautiful. Your thoughts are beautiful. The things you create are beautiful. And I just want to encourage you that you would share more of your beauty with the world, that you wouldn't hide it, that you wouldn't say, oh no, people shouldn't see this, but that you would, you would be bold and courageous in sharing the beauty inside and out with the world. And I invite you to think about this week as you move forward to think about how do you, how do you bring your beauty to the world in a way that it's never been seen before. And some of that might be that you start to speak in spaces where you had said you were never going to speak. Maybe that is you creating a space that's safe so that you can speak. So I just encourage you to think about ways in which you can bring your beauty to the world this week. All right. Thank you for listening. All right. So today I am talking about be... Becoming Your Own Woman. It is crystallized in a story that I shared yesterday in reminiscing about my earlier career. Now, I have to tell you that when I I was younger, I was one of those kids who loved to get the, the the gold star. And I know many of us kids, when we were kids, we loved that. But I was especially, especially sensitive to the gold star. And, you know, to some extent, perhaps my socialization as a woman, as a person of color in, in many environments, I wanted to do what was needed to fit in. And one of the ways that you succeed is by doing whatever's necessary in the environment. And I think it can be a challenge, especially, I mean, it's not a challenge, it's just the way it is, especially in schools, the way reward systems are set up. Hey, if you don't make noise, you get a gold star. If you don't litter, you get a gold star. And you start to recognize all these rules around how to behave. 
right? That's what socialization is about, showing you how to behave. And how you're asked to behave depends on your environment culturally, what people like you are expect, how people like you are expected to behave, whatever that means to you. But there is a socialization that goes on that says, this is the right way to behave. And if you behave this way, oh, you get a gold star. <laughs> and when we move beyond the gold stars, they are the awards that people give you or this words of affirmation. And it's like, oh, I love TOC. She's so good. Yeah, that was me. I was, I was so good. <laughs> and not that I'm any less good, you know, and just in the sense of being the person that I've always been. But when people say, hey, you're so good, what they're really saying is, hey, you do exactly what you're supposed to. And that may be good and that may be bad. But anyway, so that was me when I started my faculty career, very much like, okay, what am I supposed to do? This is what I'm supposed to do? Great. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And I'm going to do it to the best of my ability. And, you know, I mean, no one really can do everything to the best of their ability. But to the extent that I could, I, I tried. And I struggled. And there was this sense of like, wait, but I'm, I'm doing everything I'm told. I'm doing all the right things that should give me all the gold stars. But how come I'm not getting them? And it felt frustrating because up until that point, I did what I was told. I did what was recommended and everyone was just wild about how well I was doing. I got to a place in academia where it was like, you're doing what you're told. It's barely, it's barely passable or people are upset. You're not doing enough or people, you know, you're working in a group where different people have different expectations of you. And so your goodness to one person doesn't come across as the right thing to do to another person. So, oh my goodness, the level of confusion that came to me from trying to meet all these external measures of what is good, what is right, how frustrating it was for me. And it kind of felt like being pulled in different directions. And I got finally got to a point where it felt like I was just, you know, <laughs> I mean, pulled in different directions to the point of, of breaking, right? To the point of breaking. And finally got to the point where I said, I finally got to the point where I said, I can't do this anymore. For many of us, that point is burnout. And I think it was burnout for me, but it was more than just burnout. It was exhaustion. It was, wow, maybe I'm not supposed to be here anymore. It was just condemnation and judgment. Like, oh, if you just tried harder, everything would be fine. People would love you, right? A lot of just those negative emotions coming to bear. But one thing I hadn't entertained is that perhaps it was my outlook on the world that was wrong. It was my desire for the external validation of who I was and of what I was doing that brought me to that place. And, and I, in that moment, actually many moments, would feel like, oh goodness, if you would just stop doing this, or if you would just help me do this, then I would be better. I, my life would be better if you could just stop asking me to do more. And I was bitter. I was bitter. I was bitter, be, I was bitter at many people, bitter at my mentors, bitter at my institution, just bitter at people in general. Because who is the institution? Like, who do you point to and say, this is the institution? So when you're mad at the institution, it's like, who are you mad at exactly? Does it make sense? Anyway, that was me, mad all the time, angry. It was somebody else's fault. If they could just fix it, if they could just do better, my life would be better. And I want to say that finally, 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 I'm so glad I came there. I came to the point of breaking 
just to realize that, wait a minute, nobody is in charge of my experience except me. And yes, other people influence my experience. Other people contribute in some way, but nobody is in charge except me. And as I began to take ownership of my career, yes, there were people who pushed back and said, and said, no, it's not the way we want you to do it. No, you cannot be this way. But by then it no longer mattered what other people needed me to do. In the past, it would have just been in like a confusion thing. Like, wait a minute, this person said I should do this. And now you're saying I shouldn't do this. Oh, help me. Yes. External validation as the source of your forward motion is frustrating because there's so many different people who validate different things in you and you trying to be all things to all people can be very challenging. All right. So what stories do I want to share in that? I think the first thing I want to share is that just because I grew up that way, just because it worked for me when I was five and six years old, doesn't mean that I had to keep using the same frameworks to address the world. And I want to just stop and just invite you to think about that. In your family of origin, some of us didn't have the best of childhoods. Some of us didn't have the best of growing up experiences. And we still carry those wounds. We still carry the bitterness. We still carry the anger. And when we blame the people who brought us up or the people who are in our families of origin for the experience that we're having now, and we say, well, only if only my mother didn't, or if only my father didn't, you know, there, there are all these, well, to be honest, excuses we give about why our lives are the way our lives are. I had the opportunity to stop and think about the way I framed life as some as as someone who just had to make sure everybody was happy with me and think about, well, does that serve me? And so I had the opportunity to ask myself, well, this is the way you've been brought up, but does it serve you anymore? And I just want to invite you to that space as well and to think about what are the things that you've been brought up with, whether as a person in your childhood growing up home, or even as a young person in the academy when you are a medical student or a resident, it's no longer serving you right now. Let's think about it from the perspective even of our medical education. Okay, so in medical school, perhaps you hold yourself up in a room studying for five, six, seven hours at a time, and you literally only came out to eat sleep and drink, you know, eat and drink and sleep. It's one way that you have to survive, let's say the first year of medical school, maybe in the second year, but it's just not the way the world makes sense right now. I mean, it's not even really sustainable, but it's also, it's like, okay, this was a habit or this was a pattern I developed for that season. What is the pattern that serves this season? And I think it's just an opportunity to recognize that just because you came up this way, doesn't mean it has to be the way you move forward and that you have the opportunity to move, to change, to say, hmm, no longer serving me. What new habits do I need to acquire? And I just, I, I just, I don't know, it just feels such like such an important thing for me to share because I see it play out over and over again where the things we used to do that got us the gold stars that kept us going no longer work, no longer serve us. Yet we continue to use those frameworks to move forward. And it is very frustrating. And sometimes it leads to us settling 
Because then what we do is we develop this thing where we just don't want to upset or offend anybody. And we just, you know, hang out and, and just, just like do the bare minimum so that nobody's mad at us. And wow, what a way to live. It's settling. It's being smaller than you're supposed to be. And so the first thing I'm sharing is that, hey, it used to work, but it doesn't have to be your default strategy anymore. The second thing I want to share is that there are seasons in life. There are seasons. There was a season when it did work to get gold stars. There was a season when being the good girl was the right thing to do. You may argue that it was never the right thing to do, but let's put that aside. Let's just say there was a season in which it worked for you. There's a secondary gain from doing that. And and it worked well. Your mom loved you. Your father loved you. The people around you thought you were amazing. They still think you're amazing, by the way. I think you're amazing. But there are seasons. There are seasons of our lives where we have to think differently about how we move forward. And it is challenging because it reflect it it, it it requires us to pause and say, what season am I in right now? But it's so important because it's easy to just remember that, hey, I've been able to do this. Like it's like, for example, I I run. I still run. I call myself a runner because I still am, but I don't run like I used to. <laughs> in fact, I barely run at all. Not that I don't exercise, but running is not my main form of exercise anymore. And there was a season in which I ran all the time. And and this is a season in which I don't run. But I could run for so long and I enjoyed running. I still enjoy running. But then I did come upon a time when I started to experience knee pain from my running or started to experience numbness and tingling in my feet from my constant running. And, you know, sometimes you're like, well, I've always been able to run before. I'm like, I've always been able to run before. I should be able to keep running. And it takes, it takes time. It takes grace. And it takes courage to pause and say, hmm, I'm not the same person who started running 15 years ago. I'm not the same person who started running 20 years ago. I'm different. I'm different. My body is different. The things I can do now relative to what I could do then are different. Huh. It's a different season of my life. The goal is not running. It's exercise to stay healthy. So how else can I achieve that goal? And so it's really pausing and asking what season am I in right now? And acknowledging that, hey, you're different right now. You're a different person than who you were 10 years ago. And this strategy served you 15, 20, 30 years ago, but you're in a different season and different seasons require different, different strategies. For example, the way you dress or prepare for the weather in the winter, is different from the way you dress or prepare for the weather in the spring or in the summer or in the fall. There's, it, it's different. And the challenge sometimes moving from one season into the other is that it's subtle. The changes are subtle. It's, it's different going from winter to summer, for those of you who don't have spring. It's different. It's like, well, one day it was super cold and, wow, we needed gloves to go out. And the next thing we're like, oh my gosh, I've got too, much, too many clothes on, right? There's a drastic difference between winter and summer. But for most of us, 
the change in the seasons is gradual. It's very gradual change. And if you're not paying attention, you'll miss those shifts. And you'll be deep into the next season before you pause and say, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm in a different season. I've got to do something different. And so consider this an invitation to ask yourself, what season am I in? And what fits the season? And here's the secret. <laughs> Seasons are different for different people. So it's different from the world where it's like, well, we're all in the summertime. We're all in the wintertime. People are in different seasons at different times in their lives. Now, if you all cluster in one geographic location, sure, you could all be experiencing the same season. And sometimes you have a group of friends or a group of colleagues where you're all in the same season. But many times it's like being geographically on different sides of the globe. It's the same day, but you're experiencing two different seasons. And so it's important to acknowledge your seasons. It's also important to recognize that, hey, some other people may not be experiencing the same season as you. And it's important because they're going to look at you funny and say, how could you be doing that? And you get to say, We're not, I'm, I'm in a different season. Or in fact, you don't have to say anything because you're not looking for their validation. But will you, will you accept that you are in the season that you're in and move forward in the way that you want to move forward? The third thing that I want to share is that I needed for my validation to stop coming from external sources. To be honest, from the very beginning, even as a child, my validation should not have had to come from external sources. But when you're growing up, you don't know who you are. And sometimes you look to external sources to tell you who you are. You'll look to your parents to say, okay, this is who I am. It's why identity is such a big deal. It's why I think the biggest crisis that we have in life today is a crisis of identity. Who am I? Who am I? Am I a physician? Am I a woman of color? Am I a mom? Am I a sister? Am I a daughter? Who am I? And many times we're looking to other people to tell us who we are, to tell us how to be, to tell us how to act. We're looking for them to validate who we are. And the reason that that will always be frustrating is that nobody else can tell you who you are. You are the one discovering who you are. And so if you're going to look to understand your identity, you're going to actually need to look deep inside you. Who am I? It takes work to do that because it's easier to just look around and say, okay, well, that's the way that person is. I guess this is the way I must be. And it takes courage. It takes introspection. It takes grace to look inward and say, who are you? Who are you? And who are you becoming? Right? Because here's the thing where we're evolving. We've been the same person all along, but there's a, an expansion. There's an, a growth that's happening in us that's transforming us. It's transforming us. And it takes work to say, what, what is this thing that you are? Who are you? And how are you transforming? And what do you need to do to make the transformation complete? And until you stop looking to the outside, until you stop asking people, who am I? You don't begin to do the work of asking yourself, hey, who are you? Why are you here? Why did you come? 
What did you come to do? <laughs> and these are such important questions. And I have to tell you that not many people will do it because it is less painful to just be like everybody else. It's really hard, actually, to be honest, but it's less painful. Discomfort comes when people are doing different things and or doing the same thing. And you're like, no, I set out to be different. People will look at you funny. You'll feel uncomfortable. But can you push past that discomfort to come to the place where you're so clear about who you are? You don't let other people tell you who you are, or you don't let circumstances or situations change who you are. And so I want you to just consider, how do you do that work of looking for the validation from the inside of you? Because who you are is so amazing. And when you discover who you are and who you're becoming, who you're supposed to become, that journey is so awesome and amazing. And it really does set you apart from everybody else because even though we reward sameness, we really are looking for people to lead. We're looking for people to transform environments and transform our experiences. And those kinds of transformations come from people who think differently from the status quo. And that's why I started at the beginning to say, woman of color and hematology, you are so beautiful. And we need you not to follow the status quo, even though that's the easy way to go. We need you to step up and be you because you are amazing. But only if you choose to step into your amazingness and step out of the thing you do where you're just trying to make everybody happy and it doesn't work for you. And it certainly doesn't work for us because we're missing your greatness. So what are the three things I'm inviting you to do? Well, the first thing I'm inviting you to do is to stop. I'm asking you to pause and reflect because it is so easy to get caught up in activity, activity after activity after activity. There will never be an end to your to-do list, never. And even if you don't put it on your to-do list, it's in your head. It's bothering you, all the stuff you've got to do. And because you have so much to do, you can just jump from one activity to the next activity to the next activity without thinking about, wait a minute, what season am I in? What's the appropriate thing for me to be doing in this season? How should I show up in this season of my life? But until you pause and recognize that the seasons have changed and you don't get to make the, make the change that's needed. So stop, pause and reflect. I'm not even inviting you to pause and do the reflection of the, oh, wow, this is a new year. No, I want you to stop and pause and reflect often. To pause and say, am I going in the right direction? Am I staying true to me? How am I feeling? Am I aligned with who I am in this world? And when you stop and you pause, you're going to find out that you may be out of alignment. You may be completely out of alignment and it's okay. Pausing and reflecting gives you an opportunity to say, hey, this is where we are. And that, that's a beautiful thing. That is a gift to be able to say, this is where we are because it allows you to know where you are now. You know how like when you're in the mall and you go and you look at the maps and you're like, oh, you are here. Yes. So reflection does for you. It allows you to pause and say, this is where I am. And it's not a place of judgment. It's not a place of, oh, I should have been over there. Mm -mm. It's just a thing of, this is where I am. 
Because when you pause and reflect, then you can do the second thing that I have to share with you, which is set your direction. It's like, this is where I am. Where do I want to be? Where do I want to go? Who do I want to be? And it will always be more important who you are. Who you are will always be more important than what you do. The reason why you focus on who you are is because out of who you are comes what you do. And sometimes it's backwards. We're just like, okay, we're going to do all this stuff. And I guess I do all this stuff. I must be this doing person. But who you are is more important because out of who you are flows what you do. What you do can never make you who you are, but who you are can always be expressed in what you do. And so I want you to set the direction of who, who are you and who are you becoming? Who do you want to be? Start with who you want to be and then set the direction, set the directions, set the directions, set it in your GPS. This is who I want to be because the moment you decide this is who I want to be, it changes everything. If you want to be someone who has integrity in the, in the academic system, if you want to be someone who creates space for other people in academia, if you want to be someone who leads a, a body of work that transforms the world, there are only a few paths to get there. You can't take any path and get to that specific location, right? That's why you set the direction. That's why you pause and reflect so that you have the opportunity to figure out where you are and to decide where you want to go. Yes, there's a lot of malice in the academy, a lot of people yelling at each other. There are a lot of people undermining each other or treating each other poorly. And if you go with the flow, you'll be one of those. But that's not who you want to be. You don't want to be misaligned with your values. Don't be. But you do need to pause and set the direction. Because if you don't set the direction, you'll be carried carried by the crowd. And the crowd, it's, it's a powerful force. It's so powerful. It will just move you wherever, wherever it goes. And it doesn't even know where it's going. The crowd has no idea where it's going. It's just going. <laughs> but when you set your direction, it helps you. It helps you recognize that, wow, I know the crowd is going in that direction. But that's not where I'm going. And so the third thing I would invite you to do is to have courage, have courage. Because if you're going to realize who you are, to allude to the movie Avatar or the series Avatar, if you're going to become a fully realized avatar, you're going to need to be courageous because you're going to go on a path that no one has gone before. And it's going to be okay. And this is the space in which sometimes courage comes from being around other people who are courageous as well. Sometimes courage comes from being in a space where people tell you, yes, yes, this is the way you should be going. The validation piece is sometimes needed, but you want to be strategic about the validation. People don't get to tell you who you are, but they get to encourage you in the space in which you want to go. So if you say, hey, I'm, I'm going to go conquer Mount Everest, we don't tell you whether or not you can do it because that's you. But we say, conquer Mount Everest, is that what you want to do? Of course you can. You can do anything. And that's the space where having a coach is helpful 
And having a community that supports you in your biggest and wildest dreams is so important because it gives you courage. It gives you wings to fly and you can do anything. I want to invite you, if you do not already have a coach, I want to invite you to come work with me. There's a booking link in the show notes. I want you to look for it and I want you to set up. It's a 20 minute to 30 minute appointment where we talk about what you want to accomplish and how I can help you get there. And I invite you to come work with me because I tell you, it'll be a transformational experience. And I don't say that just because I'm a coach and (laughs) I want you to work with me. But I say that because I have a sense of the dream that you have. It's so big. You're afraid to share it because you know that people are going to laugh and say it's so crazy. But I'm not going to laugh because I believe your dream is huge. I do. I do. And I want to be your partner as you realize the dream. But I don't have to be your partner. Maybe you have somebody else be your partner. But I do want you to get partnered up with someone who supports you and encourages you because that is what it takes. That is what it takes. That is what it takes. Support and encouragement because you will fall on this path to fulfilling your purpose. And you need someone beside you to pick you up and help you and help you get dusted off and running again. (laughs) Uh, So I invite you to pause, reflect, figure out what season you're in, set the direction and have the courage, the boldness to step forward and live intentionally is only you can. I want to encourage you, a woman of color in hematology, that who you are is so much bigger and better than who people have told you you are. And the reality is that until you become everything you are, you will never be satisfied. So I invite you to take a bold and courageous step this week to follow the desire of your heart, to give a name to it, to make it exactly what it needs to be, to become everything that you are meant to be, because it's the only way, it's the only way you get that deep satisfaction that you've been looking for. And I invite you to take your journey to do that today. All right. It's been a pleasure, absolutely a pleasure talking with you today. And I look forward to talking with you again the next time.